We are Migrant Motel, and you're listening to Rock at Night. My name is Anita Stewart, and I'm the managing editor with Rocket Night, and I'm sitting here with the two members of the duo Migrant Motel, and they have quite a history. Um, we like alternative music. This is the band for you. Um, they've just, they're following up after three sold-out shows in Los Angeles. Uh, they, they released, I think it was 13 days ago, their single party. Um, it is kind of a, a party track, but it's more of a heartbreak and chill with the beat. So if anybody hasn't heard that song, check it out on your streaming platforms or on YouTube. So the band consists of uh, drummer Chava Eliza Latouri. He lives in Mexico City and uh, David Stewart, no relation, David Stewart Jr., um, who is based out of LA. So they're definitely a an international collaborative effort with this band. So um, the first question I'm gonna ask is, what do you prefer, these smaller shows like ones you just did in LA, or do you like the festy scene? What's your preference? Well, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I personally, the they both have their good things and their bad things, but I got to go with the festival scene. The bigger the show, the the more I feel like there's a just a different energy to them. It's also uh, ironically less intimidating because you stop registering people as like the audience as uh, as individual people. You don't look at faces. It just kind of looks like a like an ocean of people. And that's easier to uh, yell at the, the <laughs> you know, the the um, the the shows that we had here in L.A. They were amazing and they were super fun. But forget which one it was. But I remember that I had a buddy of mine, uh, a guy that I knew was very close to me on stage. And he was also a bass player and he was looking at my hands the whole time. So I got really nervous. <laughs> so it's a it's a they're both different things. But I think my preference is the festival. Yeah, same. Cool. More, more, but more just because it's nice to play with other bands that you get to see, and it's just like a, a party of bands and artists. So you always get to um, meet, hang, and watch someone that you also like. So that's the super highest bonus, I think. Do you have any festivals lined up uh, coming up for the, the rest of this year or um, next year? Uh, nothing confirmed yet. We're still moving, you know, moving the things and hoping because like we said, the festival circuit is absolutely our favorite and, and we're trying to do that as much as we can. Now, I think what's most challenging for y'all is being um, in two different places and trying to collaborate in regards to music. Um, what's easy about that and what's um, the most, I would say, 
challenge? I think easy is that each of us gets to just sit in his, you know, home studio and, you know, like just uh, write the music without any, I don't, I, I don't know if pressure is the word, but like, it's just, it's, it is comfortable to write on your own and just bounce tracks back and forth between David and myself and our producer. That's very fun all the time. Um, I think we have, you know, like managed to, to, to make this work at least creative wise. The hard part is the, obviously the, the, the show part and the create, you know, like the be present in a place part, because obviously that would help the, the project be more present in whichever city we live together. But I think the song part, we have like mastered it and it's very, it's very nice, you know, like to have a computer and a keyboard and all these um, plugins and, and softwares that allow us to just do this from wherever we are, uh, no matter what. So yeah, it's always nicer to do it together, to be David and myself in a room and just throw ideas and chat and have fun in, in the same place. But you know, that's, yeah. I think the show part is harder. Yeah, I, I think we've uh, we've kind of figured out how to smooth out that process over the years. And like Chava said, there's good things and bad things about it. But so far, we're making it work. And yeah, the, the that's part of the reason why we also like playing festivals, because it means that we get to be probably roaming around in some bus together, being smelly and just writing songs all day. So we're excited for all of that. Now, the creative process... Who's, who comes up with the ideas? Who comes up with the lyric or the riff that starts the song out? We kind of, uh, there's no one person. I think, especially lately, Chava's been doing a lot of tracks and a lot of demos in his home studio, and he'll send me a lot of musical ideas. Um, I'm usually the guy that does the melodies and lyrics, even though it's really cool when Chava will send me a track and he goes, this is the the mood of this could be this and it could be tied into this these lyrics like sometimes there's there's concepts and when the when the music is inspired by a lyrical concept and then we can write to that lyrical concept it feels very very flushed out very quickly so yeah i i it can come in any direction because there's sometimes lyrics in spanish particularly that chavo will throw at me that i really like or sometimes i'm doing the track on my end it can go any any direction and we like that flexibility now you all formed in 2018 and you met at berkeley music school in boston how did that happen was that kind of a faded meeting or did you just kind of get to know each other and kind of put it together i knew about i knew of david from before, you know, but all Berkeley related. And when 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 I started, he had already been there for a semester. So I know the I I, I know that the encounter was in the in the school cafeteria. The exact thing that happened can't remember quite well, but I do remember that we were having coffee or lunch in the same table. So you know, at some point, I believe I told him, "Hey, you're the famous David Stewart, right?" Because he was like the Berkeley. He is the Berkeley rock star, uh, you know, that was singing everywhere and, and you know, like loved by everyone. And yeah, he was very cool. And then I found out he was Peruvian because, you know, I, I always saw him singing in English and all that stuff. So I thought he was American. He is American, but I didn't know he was also Peruvian. So that was a very cool place of, you know, connection. And then we both 
love rock music. I had my own little thing happening. Nothing, you know, like not, nothing too crazy, but I was like, this dude can sing and write way more than I can. And I need to be playing with him. And at the time he was, you know, having his solo project. So I told him like, dude, uh, if you ever need a drummer, please hit me up. I, I really want to play with you. And he eventually he did hit me up not that long after. And, you know, the rest is history. You come, Shava, you come from Mexico City. And David, your family is from Peru. Uh, do you all get involved with the music scene in your respective homes? Yeah, definitely. I I think it's something that is, you know, as Chava mentioned it, like we, we met in Boston. I've lived in the U.S. now more than I've lived in Peru, even though I was born there and, and I speak Spanish and everything. The U.S. is is a really important market for us. 100%. It's the biggest market that there is and it's where we want to be. But also, you know, we'd be, we'd be foolish to not be looking at our, at our hometowns, so to speak. Um, and there's amazing music and, ama and an amazing music scene that's coming out of uh, Latin America, especially Mexico city. And then there's, you know, other little pockets. And I think Lima where I'm from is on its way there as well. So getting a footing in those areas we've been to we haven't had the pleasure of going to play in peru yet um but we've been to mexico to play a bunch and it's honestly some of my personal favorite shows that we've ever done have been in mexico city um so definitely something that's on our radar that we want to continue exploring yeah yeah we're part of it i mean i live here and one of the reasons i came back from the u.s and we do belong to the Mexico City scene because um, I live here. I work actually. I work with other bands. I I, um, um, I do PR for other bands and artists in the alt world in Mexico City and Latin America. But yeah, like I said, one of the reasons I I went back I, I came back from the U.S. Uh, back in the in the days because I was really excited watching all this new wave of bands that was emerging in Mexico City and not just bands from Mexico, bands that um are located here but they're colombian bands venezuelan bands peruvian bands chilean bands argentinian bands that are amazing and that we looked up to back when we were at berkeley and you know like we've even like collaborated with some of them we are friends with some of them uh so yeah we're pretty present um i'd say in some in territories like mexico colombia and peru uh, you know, it's hard to be traveling all around, but yeah, we, we, we know a lot of what's happening here and I do consider we're also a part of it. Yeah. I noticed that a lot of the big stars, especially the European ones, they really look forward to doing tours and like tours throughout um, Central and South America, especially, and they all want to play Mexico city. So it's like, it's like a big gig, you know, to, to go there. When you look at things in terms of success, what to you is the most successful thing that could happen next for your band? It's funny because I, I think there's a there's an ultimate success that we envision that that's gonna happen eventually for us. But as as far as like what the next step towards that is, um, I think it would be kind of learning to. Yeah, I, I think I see something in, uh, you know, either some some big, uh, some very exciting sync placement or or some sort of uh, uh, 
it's tough because there's so many ways that it could, you know, that we could kind of expand on where we're at. But at the very least, I know that the, I've always thought that the symbol of being totally successful is being able to play a stadium and having everyone in the stadium singing back our songs. Like that is kind of the, oh. the vision of, I don't, I, I certainly don't think that's next. <laughs> I think there's lots of steps before getting there, but it's important to have a, uh, a real visual to attach to success. Cause there's plenty of people that are incredibly successful and they don't really realize it because they never, they never put a, a visual to it. Um, so I think that'll be when, when we get, a, a stadium or one of these really, really big venues yelling the lyrics that Chava and I figured out together on my couch. That'll be, that'll be a thing that we go, cool. Yeah, we, we did it. We're on the right track. But I think that next also, I mean, just to compliment. Chava, anything to add? Yeah. I, I want to, I want to add something that next um, would be, I think our biggest problem or, or, or is, is that, you know, we're a band that lives in two countries and that has been a little difficult to, um, you know, be present in people's minds in a way because, you know, we can't always be, you know, doing social media together. We have had to figure out ways to get our, get ourselves out there, not just the music. I think for me, the big, the next big step is to finally crack that barrier that we have uh, in front of us that to allow the music to be heard by other by, by people because we do know that when people see us play live and when people listen to our music, they all get hooked and they're like, oh my, and, and, and you know, I, I come from, a, I'm saying this from the most modest place I can. People do think that it's amazing. And, you know, the, I think the successful, this, the next success would be for these songs to get to more ears and to, and for people to start knowing who, who this band is, you know, and, and that will lead to us touring more uh, and and being more present in a world scene, you know, not just LA or Mexico City. When it comes to writing a song, you had mentioned the word hook. So I listened to your music back in 21 because I wrote up, I wrote up, I think it was the single you released. It was in 21. And then there was another review of Shame done in 2022. Uh, on our website. And one of the things that I've noticed is that you both seem to have mastered how to put the hook in a song. Um, uh, tell us what that science is without giving too much away. <laughs> wow. That's, uh, that's, that's very kind. Um, I don't, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's so much a science more than just I don't know. I, I feel like especially in our scene, people take so much pride and it feels like very silly pride in being weird or abstract. And, you know, Chava and I naturally have an affinity towards um, things that are catchy and don't have a negative association with things being catchy and, and hooky. We think, I was listening to it the other day, so there's some Britney Spears and Backstreet Boys songs that have these riffs underneath that are amazing. And the entire thing is just all hooked. Every line is a hook and it's so good. So I think there's something there is, there is strength in creating a product that is approachable. That's not 
too smart for its own good or too abstract or weird for its own good. And we take pride in that, which is why we focus so much on, on hooks that just feel good. And it just, you know, it just kind of happens. I don't know, Chava, you're the, you're the hook master lately. (laughs) I don't know, man. Like, thank you. Um, Yeah. And like David, it's very kind of you to say that. I think of master of hooks, like master of puppets, but they're like, you know, like it's cool, but I don't know. I think hook writing is not necessarily very hard. I think people, I don't know when, whenever we write a song, I do think that we tend to always want to add the hook there. You know, there has to be something catchy about the song and making catchy things is not very hard to be honest. Catchy things are usually simple melodies, simple chord progressions, simplicity. I mean, coming from a place like Berkeley where you're taught that the more extravagant and hard things are the cooler. So you tend to start thinking that maybe everything so simple may not be that cool. But then when you listen, I mean, at least on David and my my behalf, we listen to the songs we like. The simplest things, the simplest progressions, and the simplest melodies are the ones that stick with you. I don't know. We try to we try to emulate that. And um, I don't know if you look at a band like Royal Blood, who is a rock band, but the riffs are so catchy, are just so catchy, not hard. Or 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 like David said, you know, artists like like Britney Spears. I mean, the mind, mastermind of Max Martin. Who, I guess it's the ultimate hook master, you know, for, for those, for that matter. I think it's just a matter of being okay with simplicity, not caring to add it in every song and just try to add those little things that, you know, people will always remember. I, I do remember a class at Berkeley where we were analyzing a song by the Bruno Mars song, Locked Out of Heaven. And we were looking at how many hooks it had and it had like eight before it hit the chorus, which were very simple things, very, very simple things. You know, the eh, 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 or like the, it's very, very tiny things that you could really add and be like, oh, this is cool. This is, this, this attracts my attention. So I just think it's a matter of not being afraid of, you know, like, or afraid of, or worried about the bad perceptions of hooks of like wanting to hook people to songs in the end. That's why we are here. I, I guess, and 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 you know, it makes music enjoyable. There's other people that might listen to music for an experience, or and or 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 to for a mindset, whatever. But I guess David and I do like to just sing, you know, sing and and and, and enjoy the song in that matter. Do you think it's old-fashioned to um, create albums? Versus releasing singles on um, streaming platforms. It seems to be a new thing. A lot of artists will just record a single, and then three to five months later, they have another single. They might do an EP once a year. Some of them aren't doing albums anymore. They're just um, creating their momentum by releasing uh, singles that are evenly spaced. How's that work for you? Yeah, I mean, I I won't go as far as saying that it's old fashioned. We're very aware of the trend now that that's, you know, everyone's just doing singles. And on one hand, you have a consumer that whose attention span is shorter than it's ever been. So as uh as people on our team like to say, don't bore us, get to the chorus. And that's sometimes <laughs> very annoying to hear. 
So even within the song, song structures getting smaller and attention spans getting smaller. But, you know, I, I think it's the reality of where we are. But if you as an artist have to, it, it's just about being genuine with what you want to say. And if you need an album to say what you need to say, then you have to do an album and it would be a mistake to do anything else other, otherwise. Um, I think Chava and I artistically haven't, I don't think either of us have really felt like we've needed to put an album together yet or, or lately. And I think what we're, we're really enjoying saying these small pieces of an adventure or a journey or a little story. And we're not, we haven't felt the itch to do the novel as opposed to the short story. We're really enjoying the short right. story. So I, I don't think there's there's an old school or a new school way more than just if it's genuinely what you feel. Someday I know Chava and I will be in a studio together with our producer and our team for a month just writing. And when there's one space and you we're going to cram through it, then we're going to want to say, oh, my God, we need to put this out as an album because this is this is how it's this is the story we want to tell now. So, you know, just whatever is genuine to tell the thing that you got to tell. Anything to add, Shava? Well, um, I mean, I do think that we can add that technological, you know, Swift is what makes also, um, you know, this singles trend, because I mean, back in the day in the 90s, or 2000s where you still buy CDs and you had the whole album. I mean, it was very, there was not a way to just get to the song that you wanted from that album. So that's why you had fillers and you had the hit songs in the, in the stuff. And what technology did is that it made you, um, it made it available for you to just get that song or those few songs that you wanted for the album, so, uh, from the album. And I think that's what's happening. You know, I don't, th I think it's just also a technological, uh, technological thing. Um, and I mean, what I like about it is that if you want to write an album and you, uh, you know, you want every song to be listened to you, I mean, I do think that you have to stop writing fillers and just write very attractive songs so that each, each one gets the proper attention. Otherwise people are just going to nav navigate to, to, to your single, which is very cool because I do believe that before when we listen to albums, we, we may have liked songs that were not that good because we had no other option because we had bought the thing and we had it there. So we had to listen to it back and forth instead of just going back to the single or to the song that you listen to on the radio, which is fine. Like it's, it's fine. Yeah. It, it for, I think it forces people to write better songs, more attractive songs to stay with the whole thing. And what would you all be doing if you weren't doing music? What are some of your things to do in your off time or things that will get you inspired? <laughs> I I would either be uh, I would either be somewhere in the in the movie realm. I'd either be I, I think I'd like to be like a director or producer. I don't even think I'd like to be in front of the camera so much as behind the camera um or i'd be a very frustrated soccer player because i'm not very good <laughs> but i'd really enjoy it okay what about what about you java 
Uh, I don't know. Maybe in the past I could have given you different answers, but right now I know that if I wouldn't be if I wouldn't be anywhere near music as a job, I'd be marketing new era huts because I am a fitted, you know, like I'm a fitted fan. Like I'm in that culture of hats. So I'd be I like what they represent in many ways, you know, streetwear and they they relate to music, to sports, which is all stuff that we like. So I'd probably be doing something with fitted hats. <laughs> Here is Migrant Motel with Party. I got a bottle of wine and the TV on and I reminisce about what went wrong and get you out of my head And the shoes come off and I got a call from a friend who's putting something on But I should go there instead But I got this feeling that I won't be leaving I don't wanna go You're listening to Rock at Night. The introductory song, Get On Down, is from blues artist Billy, Billy Bass Alford. Look for his music at ReverbNation.com. 